All right, let's begin. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Benny and Booth Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got NFL Week 15 recap with Week 16 predictions, and we've got some MLA news. There have been some big moves that have happened since last episode. All that and more coming up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 59 of Benny and the Booth Podcast. Thank you so much for your support to this point. I very much do appreciate it. To all the Jews out there that listen and or watch this podcast, happy Hanukkah. Hope everything is going well. Hope the hope your Hanukkah is going well so far and that uh, continues to go well throughout these next couple days. Uh, all good here. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. So, big moves happen in baseball since we last had the podcast. Huge moves. Uh, players coming off the board and signing places necessarily that did not expect to be signing, uh, especially someone with the Cubs. Uh, so, since last episode, Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants on a 13-year, $350 million contract. Uh Big move for San Francisco. I'm not sure I really understand it, being that they're still not like, I don't know if they're really going to be contending this year, but good shortstop land. We'll see where they're going to play Brandon Crawford, though. It's gonna be, could be third base. It'll probably be third base because uh, they have uh, what's called a tryout at second, I think it is, or I don't know, but we'll see what happens. Could be a huge upgrade for San Francisco. Uh, Noah Syndergaard going to the Dodgers. I think it was a one-year deal, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Cubs adding Brad Boxberger on a one-year deal for $2.8 million. He's like a de- He's been pretty good for Milwaukee the last two years. I think it's a decent sign. We'll see where it goes. Orioles getting Adam Frazier on a one-year $8 million deal. Uh, decent addition. We'll see how he plays out there. Michael Lorenzen signing with the Tigers on a one-year deal. He's really not been much since he left Cincinnati. Uh, Carlos Rodon signing with the Yankees. The Yankees getting another big piece. It, signing to him to a six-year, $162 million contract. They pretty much have their lefties firm up in the rotation. Now it's more of adding a few, a righty or two. But their rotation definitely got a lot better with adding Rodon. Hopefully we'll see how successful he does in New York. Joey Gallo signing with the Minnesota Twins on a one-year, $11 million deal. More, probably more of like a prove-it-yourself kind of deal. Uh, interesting. We'll see what happens. Could have success there, maybe. Uh, maybe he bounces back there. We'll see. Andrew Benatendi signing with the White Sox, a five-year, $75 million deal. Good contra- Good deal for the White Sox. They get an outfielder where they really like needed a third outfield where they have Eloy, Robert, and then like Garcia. And anyways, it's all dealt with injuries, so... Scamp Benintendi could be nice for them. The biggest one that shocked me, one of, if not the most, of all the moves that have happened since last episode, Dansby Swanson signing with the Chicago Cubs, a seven-year, $177 million deal. The fact that they went out to get a big shortstop is not what surprised me the most. It's more of that, like, 
Danny even ended up going to Cubs in first place. Like, kind of threw me off, and now Atlanta's looking for a shortstop. Um, but I'm happy with the move. I think will be a great addition, and see what happens from there. J.D. Martinez leaving the Red Sox for a one-year $10 million deal with the Dodgers. I didn't even know he was a free agent, I don't think. And this could be a very good dish for L.A. He's been pretty good bad over the last few years. Drew Smiley returning to the Cubs on a one-year deal or close to returning. Uh, pretty sure it's been signed, if not still close. But either way, he had a decent year last year. We'll see what happens. Michael Brantley returning to Houston on a one-year $12 million deal, including up to $4 million more in incentives. Um, to be honest, I'm not surprised he stayed with Houston, even though like, I feel like at this point, if you were, if you would want to get out of Houston as soon as possible, but he was good last. He was pretty good last year, um, but got hurt, missed a lot of last year. But he's still pretty good. Probably be like left field DH, probably more DH because just age. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. San Diego Padres getting Seth Lugo from the uh, Seth Lugo on a two year deal, and apparently he might become a starter. And honestly, I don't think the right move is for him to be a starter because he's got this really long pitching motion that could be uh, very annoying to deal with. Atlanta Bri- Braves, I almost said Braves. I don't know why I thought I'd say Braves. Signed Jordan Luplo on a one-year $1.4 million deal. Uh, he's been decent over the last few years. Uh, we'll see, I guess, if anything happens with him in Atlanta. Jordan Lyles signing a one-year, two-year, $17 million deal with Kansas City. And Matt Carpenter signing a one-year deal with the San Diego Padres. I think it's like $12 million, but it could be up to $21 million with incentives. And that's all the moves that have happened since last episode of the podcast in baseball. So let's get into NFL Weekly Recap. Boy, what a week we got to go over. Uh, where do you even st- – I mean – Minnesota, you gotta start with Minnesota Indianapolis. This game is crazy. Indianapolis jumps out to a 33 nothing lead and 1.36 to 3. You'd think like 33 point lead, game over. Okay, yeah, Matt Ryan's on the Colts who had the 28 to 3, who was involved in the 28 to 3 when you think about 28 to 3, but it's like 33 point lead. Like, are they really gonna blow it? They did and lost 39-36 in overtime against the Vikings. They just were bad once the Vikings started coming back. Uh, Vikings went on a game-winning 40-yard field goal in overtime. Uh, but, yeah, someone there's a YouTuber who I watch. Uh, shout out Wyatt's World, who's a Vikings fan, who came out with this crazy thought. Uh, and I kind of heard it, but kind of not. But based on the fact that it was on a Saturday where nothing else big was happening in pro sports, uh, that they staged it to get more audience, which I was like, eh, I don't know. Either way, uh, Browns, Ravens, I don't even know how to put this game towards in a good way because the Browns won. But, like, th- it was field goals field goal. Justin Tucker missed two field goals. One was missed, one was blocked, which I was laughing after the second one because it's rare that he misses any, if any, two, which was the first time since 2018. Uh, Ravens got the ball first in the second half, drove downfield, 
literally were ready to take a would have been possibly 10-6 lead, but through red zone pick that led to the Browns' one and only touchdown and the one and only touchdown in this game. The Ravens also fumbled immediately following the kickoff. Kickoff and literally fumbled after guy fumbled after getting the first down. And Browns defense stepped up big in the second half as the Browns beat the Ravens 13-3, winning by double digits over the Ravens for the first time uh, since 20, week four of 2019. Uh, the way to summarize that last time was the Nick Chubb game. That literally was a game where Nick Chubb went off on the Ravens. Uh, and pretty much sent the message of how uh, sent the message to Browns fans that this is he's if it hadn't been sent at that point that was what cemented how good he could be. Uh, Bills Dolphins game very pretty much back and forth the entire way. Bills barely able to squeak it out in the end on a game winning field goal, 32 29, 25 yard game wing field goal from Tyler Bass. The Jaguars off a Rayshon Jenkins walk-off 52-yard game-winning pick six were able to beat Dallas in the game where Dallas was up 27 to 10 at one point. Uh, but uh, Jacksonville came all the way back to win in the end. Uh, that's it's bad for Dallas to have lost this game. They were up big. They had a lot of momentum on their side. And then Dak threw two picks, including which the second one was the game-winning pick six, and just ended badly for them. And I'm going to say this, though. My thoughts about the Dallas-Philly game does did change a bit. Um, you know, I'm going to save Dallas-Philly for when we get to the predictions. But I'm, I have a fair point I want to make with it. And I'm actually split on the prediction, and I have it one of two ways, depending on how things will unfold. Uh, Broncos beat the Cardinals 24-15 in a battle of backups for literally no Wilson, no Murray. Uh, Arizona had it early. Denver took the rest of the game late. The Raiders beat the Patriots off Chandler Jones' uh, interception for a game-winning touchdown, 48 yards to beat the Patriots. Uh, A whack play tied at 24 they basically got a pass off to, I think it was Jacoby Myers, or no, to, I think it was a running back, who then decided to laugh, and this is like the waning seconds of the fourth quarter, so it could have gone to overtime. Lateral to Jacoby Myers, who decided to long lateral, try to long lateral back to Mac Jones, but instead, Chandler Jones picked it off, stiff-armed, Mac Jones and took it all away for a game-winning touch walk-off touchdown against the Patriots. Uh, that is not anything that uh, Bill Belichick wants on his resume, <laughs> uh, especially post Brady. And uh, Giants beat the Commanders twenty to twelve in a weird and wacky Sunday night football game. That is a Week Fifty recap. This week in predictions, I went eleven and five, much better compared to last week. Overall, I went one thirty. 6, 86, and 2 I am overall for this year. Standings update in the AFC East. Bills in first place at 11-3. They clinched a playoff spot this week with the win. Followed by the Dolphins who are in 6. Followed by the 7-7 Patriots and Jets. Sorry, I just have to, had to update something for a moment. 
In the AFC North, Bengals in first place at 10-4, following their win over the Buccaneers, and obviously the Ravens losing, followed by the 9-5 Ravens, followed by the 6-8 Browns and Steelers. In the AFC South, Titans in first place at 7-7, followed by the 6-8 Jaguars, followed by the 4-9 Colts, followed by the 1-12-1 eliminated from the playoffs Texans. In the AFC West, the Chiefs in first place at 11-3, having clinched the AFC West this week with their win over the Texans. In a crazy, in a crazy game. Oh yeah, that game. By the way, Texans had a lead at one point. They literally were trying to. They could have taken, gotten the win in overtime, but Davis Mills fumbled, which led to the Chiefs game-winning touchdown. Uh, chart followed by the Chargers in eight six, followed by the six and eight Raiders, followed by the eliminated from the playoffs in four and ten Broncos. As for the AFC, for the NFC and the NFC East, Eagles in first place at thirteen and one, having clinched the playoff spot, followed by Cowboys. 10-4, who also clinched the playoff slot. That being uh, thanks to, I think it was the Packers being, either it was, I think it was, uh, no, 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 sorry. It was from the Giants-Commanders uh, game. And followed by the 8-5-1 Giants, followed by the 7-6-1 Commanders. For the NFC North, Vikings first, first place at 11-3, finally clinching a playoff spot. Followed by the seven and seven Lions, followed by the six and eight Bear Packers, followed by the eliminated from the playoffs three and eleven Bears. In the NFC South, the Buck the Canaries are in first place at six and eight, followed by the five and nine Panthers, Saints, and Falcons. And then in the NFC West, 49ers in first place at 10-4, clinching the division this week, followed by the seven and seven Seahawks, followed by the four and ten Cardinals and Rams, who are both eliminated. As it's official, there will not be a Super Bowl repeat this year as the Rams were eliminated from the playoffs following their loss to the Packers on Monday Night Football. So now for the general uh, standings, as now, and obviously these won't count eliminated teams. They are just teams that are officially still have a chance. Uh, tied for first place between Bills and Chiefs, followed by the Bengals in third, Ravens in fourth, tied for fifth between the Chargers and the Dolphins, Tied for seventh between the Titans, Patriots, and Jets in that order. Uh, Patriots and Jets wouldn't be in the playoffs if the playoffs were today. Titans would be. Tied for 10th between the Jaguars, Raiders, Browns, and Steelers. And then 14th place is the Colts. In the NFC, Eagles in first place, Dolphins, Vikings in second, 49ers and Cowboys a tie for third, Giants in fifth, Commanders in sixth, Seahawks, Lions, Lions tie for seventh. Seahawks would still be in. Lions would be out. Tie for ninth between the Buccaneers and Packers. Tie for 11th between the Panthers, Fal Saints, and Falcons in that order. That is the standings update. And now for this week's predictions, which the schedule is interesting between being that Christmas Eve uh, is Saturday and then Christmas is on Sunday. There are only three games on Sunday. Most of the other games are on Saturday. One game's Thursday and one game Monday. So, Thursday night game this week is Jaguars and Jets. I have the Jets winning that game. Simple enough. So, Saturday games. Bills at Bears at 1 p.m. I have the Bills. Saints at Browns at 1 p.m. I have the Browns. Texans at Titans at 1 p.m. I have the Titans. Seahawks at Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. That's at 1. Giants at Vikings at 1. I have the Vikings. Bengals at Patriots at 1, I have the Bengals. Lions at Panthers at 1, I have the Lions. Falcons at Ravens at 1, I have the Ravens. Commanders at 49ers at 4.05, I have the 49ers. 
Eagles at Cowboys at 425. Here is how my prediction for this game goes. If Jalen Hurts plays, which it's actually doubtful with a sprained shoulder, I have the Phillies Eagles winning. But if Jalen Hurts is out, I don't care about last week and back results. If the Eagles don't have Jalen Hurts, Dallas is winning this game. So that's how I am viewing this prediction. Depends on whether Hurts is playing or not. And then uh, Raiders at Steelers at 8.15. I have the Raiders. That is the Saturday games, Christmas Eve games, Christmas games. Packers at Dolphins at 1. I have the Dolphins. Broncos at Rams at 4.30. I have the Rams. Buccaneers at Cardinals at 8.20. I have the Buccaneers. And then Monday Night Football is Chargers at Colts. I have the Chargers. That is the predictions for this coming up week. That is the NFL part of this week's episode. And that is this week's episode of the podcast. Let's wrap things up. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Benny and Moose Podcast. On next week's episode, we'll have NFL Week 16 to recap with Week 17 predictions. We will have MLB news, and I will also be giving my New Year's 6 plus college football playoff bowl game predictions, as that is going to be next Saturday and a few day, days before and after that. Thank you so much for watching. If you are new on YouTube, subscribe. Hit the notification bell on so you're notified when I go live and or post a video. And obviously leave a like. If you are new on audio, follow the podcast, leave a review, and hit the notification bell on so you're notified when I post on there, which is soon after I post on here. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and I will see you next week's episode, episode 60. Bye!